Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and this is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. This is episode six of season one, and today's episode is called From Worry to Worship. Now, maybe you've been listening for a while, and if so, you may have noticed that we have been talking about a theme of what to do with fear. I wonder, do you ever worry about your life or your job or your family or your future? Do you struggle with anxiety and its nasty friend, depression? I know I have. Sometimes I worry about the what-if scenarios or the worst-case situations. I know that I have dealt with it. I'm pretty sure that all of you have dealt with this too. So today we're going to talk with Katie Lowell about what to do with anxiety, the challenges that it brings, and how to deal with it in a godly way. Katie's the mom of two little ones, um, Evelyn and Finley, and the wife of Erin from six and a half years, right? Yes. She is currently sitting here with me and um, is ready to give birth soon. Yes, very, very soon. So when you listen, she will have three little ones to care for. And she is an enthusiastic lady, um, lots of energy, I would say, and from my observation, a real faithful friend, and I'm really glad that she came on today. And we have one really fun thing in common that makes us similar, and that is that we both love to talk. Yes, very So much. it's a perfect for this podcast. So let's just get started right away, Katie. Um, tell us a little bit about your life. What do you do all day? Okay, well, you did already say that I am the mother of two littles. Um, my children are four and two. So as you can imagine, I'm very, very busy. Um, just with the two different age groups, even the teaching and the training and the messes that come can be very different at that age. And being pregnant kind of slows me down. So <laughs> much of my day is nurturing and caring for them. Good, good. Yeah. So Katie, you've graciously agreed to talk with us about something that's really very personal mm-hmm. and probably pretty difficult to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I want to start by thanking you for coming on and for sharing with us about something that we need to talk about. Absolutely. Um, it's really relevant to women and it's actually relevant right now in our world after we're coming through all the fear that came with uh, the coronavirus and yeah. and then just going back into normal life. It's good for us to kind of talk through what to do. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about how your anxiety started. You know, where did it start? How did it start? And what are some of the triggers. Okay. So I don't really know why it started. Um, but around age 10, I remember having my first panic attacks. And it's mm. funny cause I don't really recall being very fearful before that. Um, actually being really fearless and just trusting everything to my parents and just being wild. Um, but I do remember deeply contemplating heaven, um, mm which at the age of 10 was a little too lofty for me. And it really overwhelmed me. It just struck a lot of fear in me. Mm -hmm. And the way that I would cope with that was to avoid being alone with my thoughts because I couldn't control them. I didn't want to hear them. So I would spend a lot of time with my parents and I would constantly tell them my fear as it would come up. And Mm -hmm. they ministered to me so much. They pointed me to truth, which was awesome. They had a great opportunity there to Mm -hmm. shepherd me um, as a child because I needed it so much. And you know, as a parent and as I'm listening to you talk, that reminds me that when my kids are struggling with fear, we shouldn't just throw it away. Right. We should help them, point them to to Christ, point them to truth as they go through it. That's really good. Okay. So since then, so since age 10, I've experienced what I would call seasons of deep anxiety. Um, So like the first but it would be over different topics. I feel like God has really freed me from each season for the most part. Mm. Um, 
and usually I'll, I'll deal with a new fear later that he has to walk me through. Um, as a freshman in high school, I actually ended up learning something really helpful and insightful about my own personal mind and my own unhealthy thought processes. Um, and so mainly what that was is that when a story or a topic or a situation would pop up that would unsettle me or scare me, um, I would basically assume that I had that problem. Oh. And so I would start dealing with it as though I had that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it was actually triggered in my high school health class. Um, we were listening to testimonies from teenagers who had battled depression and suicidal thoughts mm. and even um, had attempted suicide. Oh, wow. And yeah, it just it freaked me out so much at the time. I began yeah. to really empathize with it, but to an unhealthy level to yeah. where I began to be fearful of having that problem and right. wanted to make sure I didn't and was fighting it as though it were mine. Now, I would say that today the list of topics that I have responded to in this way has become quite long and <laughs> it it's almost humorous in hindsight. Um, I do laugh about some of the things that I have been fearful about in the past, but God has really been merciful. He has been, yeah. he's been faithful to give me victory. Um, sometimes that victory is complete victory and I never mm-hmm. return to a fear. Sometimes it's a continued victory um, and I see that he needs to continue to root out some of these fears. How have you tried on your own to deal with anxiety? Like, what did you find when you tried to do it yourself? Well, I will admit that I do still try to deal with it on my own. I think I think I probably always will be tempted to do that. I think all of our listeners will be tempted to deal with things on their own. Um, but I have found that it has been fruitless mm. and usually it digs you deeper into the fear before you find freedom. Um, but praise God, he has not allowed me to find consolation anywhere else but in him. Mm. So some of the distractions that I will turn to, um, I might pull up social media and start scrolling or I might watch you know, a happy TV show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it, it doesn't soothe me or comfort me in a moment of fear. And I end up in prayer and I end up in the word and I end up searching for the meat of scripture that's really going to comfort me and the truths that apply to whatever I am going through. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost every time that I try to take care of things on my own, I do make a mistake of fighting my imagined fears. So like you had said earlier, I give in to what if scenarios a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, those are imagined fears. I think you're not alone. No. I think I a lot of women struggle with that. Yeah, I, I definitely, I believe that. Um, so what I will oftentimes do with those thoughts though is I'll try to fight them with logic. But oh. as you can imagine, that is not very logical because those are not real scenarios. Right. And so dealing with them is basically breathing life into them and it's making them more vivid. It's even making them harder to extinguish later. So So, just stop it. Yes. It is so hard. It's going to feel like the most awkward physical battle for your mind. But I will say that every time that I do battle with my thoughts, it is less painful in the end than had I given into those thoughts. Right. Right. But I have learned that nothing is going to comfort a fearful heart like a sovereign God. Mm. And I think um, just remembering that we forget that God is good and Satan spends 24 hours a day trying to make us question who God is, right? right? Just like he did with Eve. And if we're not even spending 30 minutes in God's word, reminding ourselves of the truth of who he is, right? we are not battling as hard as Satan is for our minds. Right. That's right. Okay. So now I wanted to ask you, since we've talked about how you've tried to deal with it on your own, tell us more about how your anxiety has led you to, to Christ and to rely on Christ more. Um, so my anxiety has actually led me to search scripture. I probably, if 
if I'm honest, I would not have searched scripture as deeply as mm-hmm. I had um, in those times of really crippling fear and despair. Um, I've literally cried out to God and being young and not having a ton of trials that I've faced yet, that has been probably one of the main sources where I would actually cry out and be raw before Mm. God. And then mourning over my sin and experiencing hope in just the deepest and most powerful ways. Um, So much so that when I actually have seasons in life where I'm free from fear, I end up longing for that intimacy that I had with God in my times of fear. And of course, (laughs) we don't want the fear back, but the intimacy there is just so potent. Yes. Um, But yeah, when I'm free from fear, it really is easy to become independent of God. I'm sure many of us have experienced that. And he just ends up becoming an accessory to my life and something that feels good. Um, But yeah, so in the battles that feel like life or death, I would say that this is where I've really experienced the joy of seeking, listening, Mm. asking things of my father. And then when you receive from your father, it is so overwhelming and profound. But I do want to clarify, this replenishing spiritual experience in times of fear really is only going to come if I'm fighting the sin of anxiety and if I'm seeking God for the ability to obey him with my thoughts and with my actions. So this doesn't mean that I stop sinning instantly, but it does mean that I'm not going to live there. I'm not content there. And it's not where I want to live. Mm. It's also not where God wants his children to live. No. Okay. So these things that you've had, you've talked a little bit about ways before that you've tried to curb and deal with your fears Mm -hmm. that were worldly things like filling your mind with fun TV shows or reading books. Those are all good things and fun, but they don't really deal with it. Right. Correct. And I've actually know that one way that I've observed women and I've actually fought this myself is um, that it's really easy to try to control things and build walls and protection up around us. And we kind of end up becoming a little too self-focused through our anxiety. Absolutely. So how do you not become me-centered when you deal with these types of of anxiety and these challenges? So recently, and perhaps it is due to having such a new and young family, um, but I've had a fear of losing them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually manifested itself in a very vivid fear of my own personal death. Like I'm going to miss out on this um, earthly reward that God has given to me. Um, So when this fear came, a feeling of impending doom came with Mm. it. Like I would wake up and before there was even a thought on my mind, there was a sense that my life was ending. Mm. And it was, I was literally living like I was dying and not in the romantic way that the world talks about. Um, It was actually hard to serve my family or to get outside of myself. My husband and my closest friend, Lydia, had walked me through a lot of that crippling fear. Um, But last summer, as I was working in my garden, God taught me something that has really freed me since then. Um, I had not actually been called to die yet. So if God hadn't given me a diagnosis or a tangible situation that would allow me to live and think the way I was, I realized I was actually disobeying God Hmm. to live in that mindset before I was called to it. Oh, I see. And yeah, that truth really changed everything for me. Until then, I thought that my job was to protect myself against this danger of death. Hmm. And, And I had sensed it so deeply that I was obsessing over it, analyzing my body, um, looking for health threats to be precise. But once I saw this truth, I realized that my job was just to garden, you know? Yeah. 
Let's um, just do the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. My job was to do dishes, to teach my children, to love my husband, and just to do the work that God had given to me for that day. And I found a lot of joy and a lot of peace in that. I love that. That's another moment in your ordinary day. Yeah. Doing ordinary things and God calls us to just keep doing them. Yes. And that he uses what, where we're at, what we're doing as our means with when, with which to see victory happen. Yes. In our normal everyday stuff. That's good. Okay. So what I really want to know now is what are some very practical things that you have done, Katie, or that you've learned (laughs) that could be helpful to someone listening to overcome anxiety? Okay. So I was thinking over this. Um, well, one of the first things that I was thinking about is that anxiety oftentimes leads us to a very unhealthy thought pattern where we look for comfort in a ritual or in an action. Hmm. Um, I should say we look for comfort in an action and it becomes a ritual, right? We think that there's going to be hope there. And so we give into it and it does not bring hope. And then it it starts this vicious cycle. So if you are a person like this um, and you want to give into obsessive rituals, I have learned that keeping a tally of however many times you resist that Mm. ritual, it actually helps you to see the victory and resisting the ritual actually will give you freedom from that intense feeling that you need to give into it. Hmm. Another thing that I have had to remember is that I don't have to address every alarming or bizarre thought that pops into my head Hmm. or every what if situation. So I can actually allow those thoughts to just pass through instead of grabbing onto them and analyzing them. So if you think of a thought as like a bird flying through your Mm -hmm. mind, you don't need to capture that bird and let it take up roost in your mind. So some people who give into what I would call magical thinking will benefit from this skill. Um, Magical thinking is essentially uh, the feeling that your thoughts have power. Mm. And if if you think it, then it has to happen. Yes, exactly. And that's why it can be really hard to let a thought pass through your mind. If it, if it pops in your mind and it's startling or upsetting to you, there's that feeling that, well, now that I've thought this, this is a a real issue, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, this is why upsetting thoughts can easily make a home in our minds and we need to really just let them move through. Yep. Get on out of here. Don't think about that. (laughs) I don't want to think about it. It upsets me. Send it on. That's right. Um, And we can also, at that moment, even pray. Yes. Actually, that's funny that you say that because um, you you just had Cheryl on the show, and Cheryl had actually given me a piece of advice for dealing with my intrusive thoughts where she told me to pray every time that the Mm. thought would pop in my head. And she said that I might have to pray every two or three minutes. Oh, wow. She said, do not grow discouraged. You will not always have to pray that frequently, but you may have a day or several hours where you do have to pray every three minutes and pray for the Lord to just help you take your thoughts captive. And yeah, yeah, that has actually been so helpful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the same thing when you have that magical thought, the ideas come in, you can pray for God to help you get your brain straightened. Yes. And And he is so good. And he's right there in the battle with us. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you would suggest to a woman listening who's struggling? What are some things that they could do? So on a more spiritual level, um, something God has really led me to do is 
keeping a list and keeping track of all of the scriptures that have comforted me. Um, So maybe I'm sitting in church and I hear a scripture that really hits me because of a fear I'm dealing with and I save it on my phone. Mm. And so I actually use my notes on my phone and I save all of my scriptures right there and I might put the date, kind of like a journal, so you Mm -hmm. can look back and see where God's brought you. And then when I'm fearful, um, I actually will sometimes go through and read all of those Uh. or I'll read the ones that pertain to that particular type of fear. And I have found this very comforting because you can do it anywhere. And God has been very good to show me his faithfulness through that. Yes, that's a great, that's a very great practical idea. Yeah, and then definitely confessing my fears and confessing my thoughts to my husband. Um, If you don't have a husband that you can confess to, maybe finding a close friend or an older woman that you can confide in. But, you know, sometimes it's really hard to admit some of the thoughts that come in our heads um, out loud. But when you admit them out loud, and you find that they really lose a lot of their power, like right. almost instantly. Um, there really have been times where it's taken me 30 minutes to say out loud to my husband what is upsetting me. But once I do, there, there's so much freedom in that, and my husband can help me respond to that. Mm-hmm. And I found that he's actually had a lot of the same kind of thoughts. He just doesn't respond as fearfully. He right. lets them pass through. That's really good to think about in regard to how important it is that we be vulnerable to those around us. I'm not talking posting it all over Facebook. Please don't do that. But just finding one or two people or your husband or your mom or someone you can talk to is really helpful. Yes. I think that's great. Um, Especially because Satan really does want to isolate us. He wants us to feel unique. He wants us to be scared to admit what we are dealing with. And I have found so much freedom in finding that my husband or my friends have actually battled these thoughts and had victory. And then that just is so encouraging. Like I can have that victory too. Yep. Yep. That's right. Very good. And then I would say the last thing that I was thinking about that I wanted to share was just the importance of dwelling on the true characteristics of God found in scripture, not, Mm. you know, not how we feel about God or how others talk about God, but really actually looking at his word remembering Mm. who he really is. And, you know, there's a lot of depth there and it can be intimidating, but um, yeah, one of the things that really, one of the characteristics of God that I appreciate is that he's immutable or he's unchangeable. Yes. And that's been something that's been helpful to me as I've dealt with fear is realizing that God's not changing. Everything around me might be changing. My world might look different tomorrow than it did today, but God does not change. Yes, exactly. You know, Katie, when I was a high schooler, okay. I decided to memorize um, Philippians 4, the whole okay. chapter. Wow. And okay. it has been my go-to verse, well, my go go-to chapter. Um, when I have dealt with struggles. And it just has this little simple command that I know God tells me to do, and it's don't be anxious about anything. It has a lot of other things in that chapter. It's a fabulous chapter, a good one to go home and read. But um, I've used this verse so many times as I've struggled with fears. It's just a reminder, just the command, do not fear. Do not be anxious about anything. And that's really helped me. What about go-to verses you have that that would have helped you or things that you think might help our listeners as they're struggling with anxiety. Definitely the verse that you just referenced is one that has brought me comfort um, because there are times where I just plug into my little Bible search engine, worry and anxiety and see what God tells me about them. So that one is definitely on my list. But um, some other ones that I'd like to add would be um, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I'm not going to quote that whole one, but um, if you guys want to 
look that one up. It's Matthew 6, 25 through 34. It's the, it's the verse that goes, do not be anxious about your life. Mm. And it gets into details about why and how you are not to be anxious about your life. And before you tell us more, I just want to let our listeners know we're going to put these all in our show notes. So you don't have to scramble to grab a pen right now. Oh, you can awesome. just hold hold tight and listen, and I'll put them on there for you so you can find them and put them on your phone or your Google Doc so you have them. But can you tell us some more? Okay, so um, for fear itself, uh, there's Psalm 34.4, which is on a letter board on my wall right now. It just simply says, I sought the Lord and he answered me mm. and delivered me from all my fears. Um, and that one's so sweet to me because he's not going to necessarily deliver us from the situation, but he can remove yes. that feeling of fear. We can stand in faith um, and peace before him. Absolutely. Another one is, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And this is Romans 8, 11. Um, I think we forget about God's power when we're, um, when we're fearing our lives. You know, we get really focused on the flesh and we have this power that raised Christ from the dead in us. Yeah. And however God chooses to wield that power is going to be perfect. Yeah. Just right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another verse that's just so important when it comes to fear is remembering that we are no longer slaves to fear. And you find this truth in Romans 8, 12 through 15. And this one says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons mm. by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Mm. And this just reminds me that God has not given me over to fear. It might feel like it at times, right? Right. But he has actually said that there is a way of, a, of escape and that I can actually cry out to him. Right. You know, and Abba, Father. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely. he's waiting. Oh, Katie, it was so good to, to hear all these things you had to share. I, I so appreciate your honesty, your your thoughtful responses to the questions and the topics that we talked about today. Um, what you've said is just really great practical wisdom that women who are listening can just walk away and start with one thing. I mean, that's what I would encourage you to do if you're listening is start with something yes. that you, you can start with if you're struggling with anxiety. Even one thing that we've talked about today would be a great blessing. Absolutely. And maybe you who are listening are experiencing the same fears and anxiety that Katie has dealt with and spoke of today, or maybe your fears are very different. But let me share that verse as we end today that I memorized in high school. I'm just going to read it for you. And I, it's actually a, what I'm reading to you is actually my prayer for you. I pray that you who are listening will rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time, 